Oh, the, the dinghy. Ooh. I almost missed it. Ooh. Ooh. Guess what? Ooh. What? We have Mr. Ooh. Dave Jackson. Oh. Insurance. Ch-ch-ch-ch-change is time and face the strange. changes Ooh, let's do it. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Buckle up. It's the Insurance Dudes Podcast. Dave Jackson. Dave Jackson. I didn't even know it was on. How are you guys? <laughs> How's it going? You're so serious looking in that camera. <laughs> You caught me off guard. Sorry. That's what we tried to do. Sorry, that's the end of that. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and it's been a great show. Thanks for. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How you doing, well, Dave? Welcome, good, man. How are you guys? Welcome to the dudes. Good. Yeah, man. Finally. Yeah. The dudes. Finally, I have arrived. <laughs> Real quick question that we're starting to ask everybody. What was the first concert you ever went to, Dave? Uh, Doobie Brothers. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. 77 in Iowa City, Iowa. I'm from Iowa. I went to school in Iowa City, Hawkeyes. And uh, on campus. Yep. On campus. (laughs) It's not there anymore. They had an old uh, arena called the Fieldhouse. And that's where they would hold some concerts and the Doobies were there. Yeah. Wow. Was it semi like outdoors? No, it was like a basketball arena where they played the oh. basketball team played. I lived right across the street from it. And then right after that, like, I don't know, weeks, uh, Beach Boys. So that'll show you my age. Beach Doobies. Journey. I saw Journey in one of their like first 10 concerts. That was, was I got to ask was, something about the Beach Boys. Brian Wilson. Did Brian Wilson have the sand under the piano for his feet to be in while he was playing? Yes, he did. He did? Yep, that was his thing. <laughs> it was his thing. He had to have uh-huh. the sand. It, Otherwise, it, was, it was a weird thing, but that was his thing. <laughs> On stage, man, that's what he did. He brought in, <laughs> a little brought in sand. sand. So I don't know where he got it from Iowa, but <laughs> <laughs> not a lot of real no sand around. Maybe his handler, there was like a sand handler. Guaranteed. Must have yeah. been. Yeah. Yeah. Must have been. Where's my sand guy? Yeah. We got to get the sand guy from the Beach uh, Boys on over. here. I have a sand. St- a stage roadie with sand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a true story. That's so good. Yeah. Oh. What well, about you awesome. guys? You don't, you don't have those in your first concert repertoire, but who do you have? Mine Craig was Go General first. Public, 80s band. Oh, I don't know yeah. if you remember General yeah. Public. Had I remember him, but Fullerton, didn't see him. California. Okay. I always, I always preface mine with, um, <laughs> I was raised by a single mom. So mine was Paula Abdul. <laughs> nice. Paula rocked. In the 80s, yeah. <laughs> did you go with your mom? I did. Oh, uh-huh. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was right up there. Buddies had the <laughs> second was oh. Michael Jackson, so that was good. That's you know, big. I would have, I would have loved to have seen him in person. Dude, I, ne- I never did. Yeah, he's an unbelievable entertainer. But yeah, yeah, I didn't. I never did get to see him. I could have gone to Dodger Stadium when he played at Dodger Stadium, and I did. Oh. Missed the missed the. Oh, you'd be talking about it today. I what know. tour? 
Well, I think yeah, that was. I don't know. It was the. Th- was it a thriller? thriller? What he was a. It Maybe. was where he had the shirt flying in back of him. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> I'm old enough to remember it, but I don't remember that. That's that's the problem. You get so old, you don't remember the past. <laughs> You're not that old. <laughs> I'm pretty old. I'm, I'm almost. I'm almost uh, nearing retirement. I am nearing retirement. That's nice. Yeah. Well, so then that's you've nice. got a great story. Why, for those in uh, in the insurance space who are under a rock and don't know who the Dave Action Jackson is, why don't you give a little background? Okay. So this July, 40 years in the industry. Woo. Uh, so nice. all that means is I've seen a bunch of shit and uh, <laughs> sent, sent a lot of it packing and hung on to a little bit of it. Uh, so again, I'm from Iowa, started with AAA, uh, in Iowa in 79, right out of college. I worked for them for 11 years. Then I went and worked for a company that's no longer got gobbled up by Vertifor. I was with an AMS company for a couple of years. Uh, and that's when I went into agency for my first time at a couple different all state agencies, one in Iowa, one in Nebraska. And then I bounced around for a little bit, went back to AAA for a little bit. Eventually, uh, moved to Omaha and had my second um, Allstate agency there. And then eventually, I live in Arizona now. I've been here 11 years, and eventually, I relocated to uh, Arizona and uh, became a State Farm agent in the office location where I am now. But they didn't like me, and the way <laughs> I, they, I, the way I didn't conform to their uh, corporate ways so we parted <laughs> ways because they wouldn't give me a contract a permanent contract after your first year of probation kind of thing so that's oh. when i went independent and that was six years ago uh monday so there he is the man yes. the Woo. myth the legend look at that yeah that shirt blowing yep that was thriller <laughs> that was thriller yeah that's when you did the moonwalk and all that good stuff yeah that was the oh good they stuff. went nuts mm-hmm. so you ended up in air are you in phoenix uh, Phoenix area suburb okay. called Gilbert. Yep. Yeah, I'm down in Tucson. Oh, okay. We can almost yeah. reach out and touch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right up the road in Gilbert, so pretty yeah. close. And I have an office in Casa Grande. Nice. Which they call Casa Grande. If you call it Casa Grande, the it's locals not, don't like it. It's not that. Grande, and it's not it's, Casa. It's <laughs> Casa Grande. <laughs> it's Casa and Grande. <laughs> Which is not the Mexican way to say it, by the I way. Know, but you guys are weird, so. <laughs> probably you probably fit right in oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah that's my 40-year history in a, in a really big nutshell okay what do you think was the hardest thing that you've come up against in all this time uh the internet Ooh, yeah because mm. i'm pre-internet days you know we did three-part carbon forms and all that back in the day right um yep and everything on paper, I actually, when I was with AAA, uh, this had been in the 80s, I supervised their, uh, just an insurance company in, in Iowa, I supervised their admin department. So they had a, actually had a company, they were a carrier. And um, we had rows, like you see in the dentist's office or the doctor's office, rows and rows of file, paper files, right? in cabinets and so i had two people that would actually all they did was file the paper uh. in the folders i know uh. today it's like serious 
But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's so that was the 80s. And then the internet came along and that just changed everything. I mean, a lot of good, don't get me wrong, but change. And you know how everybody loves change. So, mm-hmm. but you adopt, adapt, or get left behind. So, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. So talk talk about the good and the bad of that. That you, from your perspective of being in the industry, so much prior to that, um, feeling like those pains and transitional phase. So here's what I'll say because I've been around this industry quite a while. A lot of the young folks get uh, really um, uh, exasperated and impatient with the carriers carriers have been around a lot longer than I have and you any anybody has mm. most of them some of the big boys and they move extremely slowly they didn't want the <laughs> internet to come around believe me <laughs> right. but they were kind of forced into it too instead of mainframes with punch cards you know this is back in the 60s <laughs> and 70s uh so uh, don't expect them to just be all excited and jump on board and, oh, yeah, technology and data. Let's just do what everybody else wants. And they're <laughs> going to do what they want to do yep. at their pace. So if you think you're going to buck the system, you know, you're going to bang your head and lose a lot of sleep and <laughs> and be frustrated. So you got to figure out how to fit into their system. It's their industry. It's not ours. Uh and the clients just happen to be, you know, a byproduct of the whole Along system. for the ride. Along for the ride. So, but I, I, I can't tell you how many bar stool arguments I've had with that. But, 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 <laughs> no, I, there are no buts, okay? Right. Who has the money? Just think about that for one second. Who has all the money? The carriers, okay? You're going to have to do what they want you to do. You can... You do what you want. Go ahead, try. I'm not going to say no or tell you not to, but good luck. That's all I have. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you guys have been around a little bit, long enough to know, right? But there are some that just don't want to give up, and I just, you know what? There are tons of industries out there. Go find one that suits you if, if this doesn't work for you. That's all. Yeah. Have. In oh, this yeah. world, they're the law. And they are. You know what happens when you fight the law. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, every di- every industry the same way. Look at technology. Who rocks? Google, Apple, you know, uh, Facebook now, and all those guys. So the ones that have the money, I think it's been that way since Adam and Eve. So this isn't anything big or new, but uh, a lot of people just bang their head trying to buck the system, which is, don't get me wrong, Steve Jobs uh, at Apple, you know, he did things different. I, I give them credit. Um, and if you do things different and you're lucky enough and have enough resources and enough good people with you, you can make change happen, which we all need. Mm. Um, but um, in the insurance industry, it's uh, probably one of the more conservative industries of all work types. Um, so you got even bigger challenge, you know, versus even technology. Because technology is right for change every other day, right? Mm-hmm. Changes at yep. speed of light. Insurance doesn't change that much. You know, we still sell insurance policies, the original standard fire policy from 1953. It's still sold. How many years ago is that? 70 years? So, um, did I lose, lose you guys? Oh, no, we're here. Oh, okay, good. I lost, my cord just got caught. Um, 
So anyway, enough of my philosophical. Yes. Oh, that's good. Why do, think, why do you think that it is slow to, so slow to move? Uh, contracts. Contracts, um, once they're proven, right, because they've been proven in courts of law for how many years, 100, 100 uh, years yeah. plus. To, once they're proven, you can't just come out with a whole set of new language and say, okay, we're changing up things. Mm, they're not going to do that. You know, They know what's been proven legally because it, what insurance policies are legal contracts. They always have been. So that's the number one reason is um, history has proven them to be in the insurance carrier's favor. They're not going to give that up. Right. Makes they sense. Won't. They flat out won't. I mean, so. predictability has to come in there too, Absolutely. probably yep. when it comes to the, that amount of risk. Um. Cool. So, so you're a part of, talk a little bit about the Insurance Agency Owners Alliance. Okay. Um, my story on this is uh, when I started, before I started uh, my State Farm Agency here in Arizona, I lived in an, a neighborhood about a mile from my office, which was really nice, five minute commute. But um, our neighborhood was a newer growing uh, neighborhood and still had not like when I moved in, I'd been there, built a new house and lived there three years. And I don't think I knew two neighbors. And that kind of bothered me, you know, like how do, how do we, you know, the HOA does a few things to get the neighbors together, but there really wasn't any community. So I wanted to help build community and be a community leader along the way. And so I, I uh, turned to Facebook and created a Facebook group got a couple of moms to help me add some members. And this group in three years just went bonkers. It, it was very popular. And uh, I didn't mention insurance ever, not once, um, but I added value. I partnered with a realtor. We did uh, monthly donut deliveries and we did lots of good stuff. And I became, um, I will say one thing, I became the HOA rules expert because most people have no clue what they sign when they buy their house and, and because they have an HOA and it comes with a set of rules. Right. And so they don't, they don't know how they work, how it works. And so I became very knowledgeable on our neighborhood's HOA rules. So I became the go-to guy, the answer guy for anything HOA related. And so I gained some respect as a business person and a community leader that way. And I did a whole bunch of other things. Those are just a couple examples but never along the way ever mentioned insurance. Well, it got out that I was in insurance and guess what? My agency's just a mile down the street, uh, close by. So um, had a really good experience with that. So after State Farm, I went independent. I was in another Facebook group. It was mostly all state agents. Uh, there was a couple thousand people, I think, but it really wasn't a whole lot of value to me because uh, is mostly all staters just passing leads around the country, you know, between themselves. And Were they, they happy it. or not uh, happy? <laughs> I didn't really, honestly. So I was an all state agent twice. So right. before that, so yeah, I didn't really listen to them. I didn't have time to hear their uh, gripes. Uh, somebody drugged me into the group. And so I paid a little <laughs> bit of attention for a short while. And then it's like, uh, this isn't, this isn't, going to help me in any way. So, <laughs> so what I did, what I did because of that, I said, you know what, there should be a similar forum for independent agents. 
and not just agents, agency owners, because there would be, on occasion, there would be a topic come up in that group that'd be about producers or uh, staff members or stuff like that, right? But they let anybody in. You could be a staff member and read your boss's comments about you. I mean, no, that's not gonna work. So that, I, I again went to turn to Facebook and created a group. I knew a handful of guys who were owners of independent agencies. This is uh, next month will be six years. So 2014 and created a group. And today we're at 6,112 members who are 100% independent, no captives, no, nobody but independent agency owners, no carrier personnel, no third party vendors. We only allow one person, independent agency owners. So um, it took, turns out, uh, I, I actually did it a little bit selfishly. I wanted to get, I've been a captive agent for most of my years. And so independents have different types of questions. So I wanted to get some of my own questions answered. So it started to help and we started to share ideas and the rest is history. That's so awesome. And that's exactly why we started this podcast as well. Mm-hmm. It's to talk to awesome dudes like you that have insight on history or what's going on now or just insight, right? Because through all that data really does help us. I mean, we've talked to a bunch of people in the industry, outside the industry that's honestly helped our businesses as well. So there's a selfish element in there that that's um, that's awesome. But it's also awesome when you're asking those guys, you know, you're getting value, but then you're hearing from other people, they're getting the same value of these things that, you know, are on everybody's mind. It's like, it's not like questions differ from, from right. people really. Yeah. We're all human. Yeah. The yeah, questions that come up in our group. So we're a closed group group on Facebook. So there's no dues. You don't pay. Facebook's free. Uh, we have two, three requirements. You be, must be a Facebook user. You must be an independent agency owner and uh, you must be, or I should say independent agents, and you must be an owner or a partner. We allow, you can be a 1% partner as long as you do have ownership. Um, and that's who we allow in. So uh, the first year, uh, somebody suggested, let's get together. We only had like a few hundred, a couple hundred members. And so we had a meeting. It really wasn't a conference, more like a meeting. Uh, and 27 people showed up uh, to our first meeting. That would have been in 15 uh, it was in Anaheim. And so we put together an agenda. Several of us put on presentations on a one day on a Saturday. Uh, then it morphed into a conference. And then uh, next month will be our sixth annual conference. Cool. Uh, next month's in San Diego. We'll have over a thousand people in the, in the ballroom. Uh, and so it's become the industry's largest conference for independent uh, agents. Um, and our exhibitor hall is grown. We're now almost at a hundred exhibitors. So I've become an event planner as well. I have one partner and between the two of us, we have an admin person who helps on the back end of things uh, with the accounting and the record booking, bookkeeping and some of the organizational stuff and graphic skills, all that kind of thing. But otherwise the two of us run our agencies. We do that on the side and then we have one part-time admin person and we put together a uh, partner program for outside vendors that's reaching 100 members as well. Uh, everybody from agency management system partners to 
oh man, you name it, anybody who would offer a service or a product to uh, an agency. So, uh, and we, you know, we have our website and, but the group itself is just a forum. I'll give you an idea. Uh, Facebook gives the admin of a group, which is, I'm one of them, uh, some analytics, right? They call it insights. So I can run a report or two and I can tell you how active our group is. I usually do 60 days and uh, I run the number for um, uh, engagement. So engagement is how many people either view, comment, or like, or a post uh, in our group. And 60, every 60 days, we average somewhere around 70,000. So um, the other thing I look at, 70,000 of those types of interactions, engagement. Wow. So it's very, wow. extremely active. Um, yeah. The other number I look at, from an admin standpoint is how many of our members are active, you know, over 6,000 members. If 10 of them are active, well, you're nowhere, <laughs> but that's not it. We run about 93% of our members are active at any given point. in wow. time. So um, some just look and read and they love it and never comment once some do. And then when they finally do come need, I need to say something, they're like best group of best resource I've ever had. Like, I didn't even know you existed, but thank you for that because, because apparently we've done some well. And then there's uh, the other opposite, opposite uh, extreme is folks who will comment and, and um, post all the time about different topics or at least contribute, especially the older guys, the more experienced guys, they help the younger guys and vice versa. The younger guys will give different, you know, perspectives to different things the way they see it. And the older guys, some of them will appreciate that like me. So it's been a really good blend of uh, sharing knowledge. And we use the three terms of selflessness. So sharing, everybody shares. We share uh, in our shared file folder. We have like 500 documents. So it's like a library of, of all kinds of things that you help you run your agency. Uh, and cool. uh, innovation and collaboration. So those are our three pillars. Yeah. That's so cool. And have you seen that trend kind of change? Like it seemed like, uh, especially in the insurance industry, and it's, it's still prevalent there where, where you see agents, they don't want anything behind the curtain. They're not going to show you anything. It's like secret. Um, but like just in general, like it seems like people were a lot like more like that 20 years ago. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to show you anything. But now we're noticing there is so much, I mean, with the internet and everything else, there's so much abundance out there. It's mm -hmm. like, if we all help each other out, there's plenty to go around. No and it question. seems, and it seems like those agents that are, that are more helpful are the ones that thrive. Yep. hundred percent agree. Thousand percent agree. And that's our, one of our other taglines is better together, you know? Uh, and that's yeah. why we have people sharing files and sharing ways they do things and because you you know like you said 20 years ago it was the the captive guy or, the, or even the independent down the street from me uh we're we're enemies right we don't ever share our secrets we don't have, you know we're all we're all trying to secure a piece the biggest piece of the pie we can in terms of business uh and we're trying to we're trying to dispel all that and break down those barriers uh, with our group and uh, we use better together, we, you're better. And like you said, those that are willing to share and collaborate are way, I mean, exponentially better off. 
by hiding or being, you know, reclusive and not, not sharing your own or, or just sharing your knowledge. It doesn't have to be like, you know, pieces of paper or documents or marketing ideas. It can be just your knowledge and, and giving advice. Um, you know, I, I, I personally, I consult with younger agency owners all the time. I don't charge a penny. Um, and there's a lot of folks making big mistakes when they enter the industry, unfortunately. Um, so I, I try to help them through that. And sometimes they're too far in. Sometimes they're early enough. You know, we've caught some of the, the symptoms and can cure it. So, um, but the industry needs, you know, the next generation, obviously. Uh, we're not going away. Independents are not going away. Captives are not going away. Uh, we're not going to the way of the, the bot, the chat bot or the AI, all <laughs> right. the rest of that, you know, it's not going to happen. Not during our lifetime. You know, I can't speak for 50 years or hundred years now, but no, 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 nowhere in the near future. So, you know, there's a lot of fear, fear out there that some people try to, to push out, but yeah. So anyway, absolutely agree with your comment. I have a question. Um, that's very interesting. Um, what are a few of the pitfalls as you see people coming into the industry? What are the top like two or three things that you hear that, and what is the advice that you would give? Yep. Uh, I actually published this, um, put together an ebook. Uh, I would say top two, uh, without a doubt, number one is business plan. They mm. just wing it. You know, they don't even have a business plan. I'm like, <laughs> so I ask them questions. How are you going to do this? How are you going to, how are you going to find customers? Um, ask me, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, seriously, yeah. you don't have it down on paper. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. So uh, that's number one, no business plan or what they have is like not even usable. So that's easily number one. Number two is a <laughs> distant second, but Number two is um, knowing how to get carrier access. I get, I can't tell you how many calls. I need, I need new carriers. I need, in order to compete, I'm like, you're open for business, right? Yeah. So you didn't think about this before you opened? Like, <laughs> when you, how are you gonna get carriers so you can write business? How long have you been open? 60 days, 90 days. And you, so let me ask you this, what carrier appointments do you need? I don't know. I'm like, well, I can tell you how to find out in about 10 minutes. But uh, so I help them get through that exercise. And I'm like, okay, so now you need to go back and do number one, put your business plan together. So you've got something to talk to your top three carrier prospects. So you can show them how you're going to go gain business for them. Because just because you open your doors, unless you got a ton of experience, they don't want to talk to you. Uh, and then the third thing is, I will add a third one, and that is of those who join a, use whatever term you want, aggregator, cluster group, whatever you want to call it, those, they don't read their contract and don't know what they're getting into. All mm -hmm. they know is I can get carrier access. I need it today. I'll sign on the dotted line. I don't care. And they think it's forever, which we all would like to believe. But then somewhere down the road, I'm not going to pick a date, but somewhere down the road, things change, life happens, and they need to make a change. They either need to sell out or they want to merge or, you know, a million things could happen, right? And now there's this clause in this contract they signed that is biting them really bad because they want to exit. And so now they got to lose a bunch of cash. 
And so that's unfortunate because there are those groups out there that, that um, may not be a good fit is the best way I can word it for certain people. And those certain people didn't take the time to read what they were signing before they did. Well, it those seems, are my top three. It seems like with those top three, those are three things that um, the captive carriers help you do. They help you with the business plan. They kind of guide you through that stuff. So on the indie side, you don't have that guidance. Um, do you think that that guidance with, with the captive side in, in your past, do you think that that really prepared you to set up your, your current agency in the way that you have? Well, with number one, a business plan, absolutely. You don't get hired as a captive without a business plan. Right. You go in with your first interview with your business plan and they have told you how to write it. So yeah. they're, very, they're very good that way. Um, so you know what to expect. You know, how much production do I have to have based on the commission rates that I'm going to get paid with the average premiums that I'm going to see in my area. And so, you know, and then how to go about gaining the business. So they're very good about that. And that's what most people say. They do the training better than any, because when you're in, where you're an indie agent, an independent agent, you're independent. You're out there on an Island there, unless you're part of a group that has superior support, like a network or a cluster or aggregator. Um, I was, I joined one. I'm still with them today, but I, I will say that I didn't necessarily need as much support as some of the other guys. I've been in the industry over 35 years. So um, I'd run agencies, just not an independent agency for the first time. So uh, yeah, the captives definitely on number one, but when it comes to carrier selection and appointments, you know, you don't have that as a captive. So that's where a lot of them stumble for a good reason. Yeah. When without the business plan, why would you even think of? <laughs> it like blows your mind. Yeah. I, I could write a book and you guys would be like, oh, you made it all up. I'm like, mm -mm, they're all true testimonials. <laughs> and even on the captive side, like you said, a lot of times it'll be put together with the help of somebody else and then not really looked at or executed on. No. Um, but these things are, are so critical in order to look back and track and measure your progress against, right? I mean, it's yep. not just some thing so that, uh, you know, I'm going to sort of do this. It's like, no, you no. got to follow this thing. It's, it's what gets you hired. It what you get your door open. But from then it's a constant work in progress. Mm -hmm. You've got to update it monthly, at least quarterly, not even annually. Monthly is by far the best because mm. you know, your conditions are going to change. Your rates are going to go up or down. Um, your policy forms can change. The market can change. What if we have a 9-11 again, you know, and, and the Staff, economy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, how many factors are there? There's hundreds probably. Yeah. So you just can't account for all that coming your way because change will happen. That's the one constant. Um, so you just got to keep your plan updated. Stick to it adjust it when you need to and you'll do just fine majority who close their doors hadn't have not done that mm. and i think that's a I, I think that's a that's an awesome point is that things are changing i mean have you ever seen in the industry where it doesn't change i mean it it always does change right every industry changes just and in it, a diff different way ours is no different so um even though it's what I would consider one of the most conservative industries, you know, especially mm. when you refer to carriers, but um, 
you know, look at the things we do now where we never did before. We have um, telematics, you know, on your iPhone, you know, while you're driving. And, and, you know, that wasn't even heard of five, 10 years ago. So, yeah, there's always going to be change and carriers are going to be forced to adapt to a certain extent, slower than maybe in other industries, possibly. Um, but, yeah, change is inevitable. I mean, that's just life. What... Um what has most made the biggest impact on your career? Who or what? Who or what? Yeah. Uh, hmm. Wow. Was there a time that it just, was there a time that it really pushed you over that line to, to take it to the next level? Was there some sort of epiphany that you ever had? Like at some point it was like, wait a minute, if I, I need to restructure it this way. And then it just kind of took off or. So I think you probably are thinking more along the lines that I'm going to come up with an answer. That's kind of extremely analytical, but it wasn't, it was more emotional for me. Um, I'll probably, I'll probably have tears uh, rolling down my cheeks here in a minute, but it was 11 years ago when my dad passed away. So Mm. that was my epiphany. And, uh, you know, at that point, I've been in the industry almost 30 years. That's quite a while. But um, when that happened, I looked at myself and said, you know, uh, not just my career, but my life overall, you know, I need to uh, uh, focus on me and what's right and my relationships in my life and what's right for me and the people in my life, the people I'm surrounded with. Um, And so... I kind of took on a new outlook um, that way because of that um, event that took place in my life. And we all have those, you know, uh, relational things that come up, but that was a really tough one for me. It really made me search deep and, uh, and make a decision that uh, I'm going to, I'm going to see this thing through in terms of my career. And I'm only three and a half years away from retirement. So I'm, I'm closing in on it. So I've started to have those thoughts, right? Okay, what's it going to look like in three and a half years? And how am I going to transition out? And so I've been working on that for a couple of years, uh, perpetuation plans. So um, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so that was, it was more of an emotional event for me, um, not necessarily career only, uh, but it definitely had an impact on my career as well. You know, we, we, Craig and I have actually talked about that before where it's like, you know, so many agents out there, our job is to take care of other people and other people's families and all this stuff. And, and we can get wrapped up in it. It can consume most of our days. Some, some agents, it's their nights as well, but we got to work on ourselves. Like at some point you can't just do that forever. At some point you've got to take care of yourself, your family. What are your actual goals as you as a person? I mean, it just can't consume you that much. Um, That's a a huge point. I thank you for bringing that up because uh, in IAOA, we have those discussions all the time. I can't tell you how many times uh, mostly newer agents will, you know, three, two, three, four or five years in will post. I'm burned out. I think, um, you know, they have to be talked off the ledge. Um, so this is the kind of emotional things that take place in a closed forum on Facebook, believe it or not. And so, you know, so many people rally to the rescue and say, listen, 
you're you're it's just right around the corner where you're gonna see you know sunshine so they help them get to a, a better place but um uh and one of my biggest things of advice when so many people say oh you know oh i'm only a year in or a year and a half or two years in and i'm working 18 hour days i'm like you, you need to stop that you shouldn't have worked 18 hour days from day one in my opinion I've been there and done it. I have regrets on some of those things. I wished I wouldn't have, but all you can think about is putting bread on the table, supporting your family. I get it. I've been there. I was there. I have two kids and you know, I get it. Um, believe me, but you, you know, uh, you just need to be intentional about making time for you and your spouse or family, especially your kids, family members. Um, just be intentional, you know, make it a date night for you and your wife or significant other. And, uh, you know, yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you can work 18 hour dates. Okay, go do it. And you can forward your phone because you're a one man show, you know, to your cell phone. So your clients have 24 hour seven access, 24 seven access to you because you think that's going to be better than the next guy, especially the big house, you know, who's going to make you leave a voicemail or call a carrier on an 800 number or whatever it might be. So uh, make time for yourself. That'd be one of my bits of advice towards the very top is uh, don't feel like you, uh, your career defines you because it should never do that. You need to define yourself first and then let your career just be a part of you, but not Love define it. you 100%. That yeah, that balance is so important because oh, especially absolutely. especially a lot of us, right? We're entrepreneurs and, and we may push, get really hyper-focused on sure. things. I know I, I certainly, has been my experience, I just get focused and in the zone on that and have those 18-hour days. And the one thing, like you can pull back from the business and it's not going anywhere. It's not going to mm. die. It, no. It's going to keep going. Those calls are still going to be there. All the responsibilities are still going to be there. But if you pull back on your personal life, those could go away. That's right. And, you know, so, so it, it's just important to, to take that nod and make sure that you're. So let me ask you a question, because that's another great point. What if a poll was taken among all insurance agents active in the business today? Or let's say been active for five or 10 years or at least some kind of veteran status, right? And say, uh, do you have any regrets about how much time you spent with your family early on? How many of them would say absolutely? Probably close to 100%. Yeah, yeah. almost every one of them. So don't have regrets. Don't live with regrets. Take some advice from some old freaking farts that have an idea <laughs> of what it's been like. Um, listen, I don't have all the answers. No way. But I can tell you that that's if not the number one most important thing you need to fo uh, factor in, it's number two or three, you know, it's right up there. Yeah. It, it's amazing. Like uh, kids, I don't know if you have kids or not, but, um, and Jason's got grandkids. Like 18 little ones. Wow. That's awesome. Um, oh yeah. That's Eight, awesome. 18 and, Jason. You know, nice. Got four, four, four <laughs> little been busy. Ones. Yeah. <laughs> and my, I have, uh, you know, and an, a daughter at ASU and, and then uh, my son's in high school and, and it's amazing how quickly they go from so running around in diapers to uh, their yeah. college. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just got to slow down and, and enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and we tell 
all the young guys that in the industry. <laughs> it's, it's no bit different in our industry. In any entrepreneurial type, you know, gig that you're involved in, uh, you want to provide as fast as you can, as much as you can. I absolutely appreciate that. But at some point, you just got to know when to balance it out, because uh, otherwise, you will hit burnout. And what? So then, what have you accomplished? You know. Uh, so now you're on to the next great thing. But um, if you really want to do it for the long haul because you love it, because you love helping people, and that's really what you want to do, make time for yourself. You're important too. Yep, 100%. 100%. So um, we, we went off to uh, the the organization, the, uh, the insurance owners. Uh, mm-hmm. IAOA. IAOA. And, and then – um, the, the conference, the conference is in San Diego. Yeah. Where can somebody go and find out more and uh, buy tickets? So IAOA.com. IAOA.com. And we'll so, put that in the show notes for everybody. Okay. Yep. But um, first off, it's for um, IAOA members only. So you must be a member of our Facebook group first and okay. primary. But um, so... Uh, but that's where uh, members would go to buy their tickets. Ticket sales have pretty much come to all. We're getting close to six weeks out. So um, there'll be, like I said, over a thousand uh, in, the, in the hall, but we move it around from year to year. This coming year was, is in San Diego, but um, last year was in Vegas. Prior to that was here in Phoenix. Then we were in Orlando, San Antonio. Uh, we announce the following year, the last five minutes of each conference. So San Diego at the very end will announce where 2021 will be. So um, we moved around though. We don't keep, we've never kept it in the same location, but it's always in January, the weekend before the Super Bowl. Dave. I love it. So awesome. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. Took you right up. Uh, you did the, you went the distance. Right appreciate so, thank you guys yeah appreciate it you're a great dude um i think you've dropped some massive knowledge nuggets for us and uh, yep. we we really appreciate it so hopefully we'll have you back you're and, very welcome uh, i appreciate yeah. you guys thanks for all you yeah. do thanks uh, Dave. have a merry christmas with you and your families uh make the best of the time spend time with your families because awesome. you won't regret that thank, thank you you so too much, Appreciate it, guys. Take care. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dave. Hey, you've got to check out the Insurance Dudes Inner Circle coming soon where you get extended interviews as well as live coffee talks in our private Facebook group. Join the mailing list today at theinsurancedudespodcast.com. Hey, thanks for checking out the Insurance Dudes. Hey, please subscribe. We got some really great stuff coming out.